I'd invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings. We're going to be in chapter 17, verses 1 through 16 of 1 Kings this morning as we continue our study of the ministries of Elijah and Elisha. Now in our passage for this morning, we learn that the Lord is withholding rain from the land of Canaan because of the wickedness of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. This drought is an act of judgment against the nation of Israel as a whole because they have turned their collective back on the Lord their God. They have abandoned Him and they have gone after Baal, the Sidonian God of the clouds and of rain. The Lord is making an obvious point here. If you think that Baal is in charge of the rain, you are sorely mistaken. If you think that he will provide what you need, you will be disappointed. In verse 1, Elijah shows up. He appears and declares that there will be no more rain unless he calls for it. And then he promptly disappears and so does the rain. And Israel is plunged into drought. God's act of judgment against the nation of Israel is a clear attack on Baal. The Lord is showing that He and He alone can provide the rain that the land needs. That He is the only one true God. And yet, in the midst of the judgment, it's not only the sinners who suffer drought. It's also the righteous For the Lord withheld rain from the apostate and the faithful. He withheld rain from those who falsely worship Baal and those who continue to honor the Lord. Elijah had to deal with the drought as well as Ahab. And this is the reality of the world that we live in. A world that is broken by sin. Droughts bring hardship on everyone. Hurricanes destroy bars as well as churches. Earthquakes bring down the homes of reprobates and saints. Car crashes take the lives of drunk drivers and churchgoers. Cancer isn't just for smokers, it's for joggers. COVID has affected everyone and every country, not just those whom we might believe deserve to be judged. We live in a broken world and the effects of that brokenness come to us all. And therefore, we are left asking, why? Why does the Lord allow such hardships to come to those who trust in Him? And how will He provide for our needs in the midst of those hardships? We're fine with the wicked getting their due. But what about the righteous? What is their place in the midst of judgment? What is our hope in the midst of a world where God's judgment falls on Elijah, who is just and unjust Ahab, where drought makes everyone thirsty? In our passage for this morning, what we will see is that even though the righteous suffer alongside the unrighteous, in the midst of hardship, the Lord will provide for those who trust in Him. You see, we all suffer under the brokenness of this world. We are all under the judgment of the Lord against sin. And yet, those who trust in Christ will receive the provision that they need for life and for life everlasting. 
So hear now the word of the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. The grass withers, And the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we come to your word this day and we pray that you would truly uphold your word spoken to us, a promise of life and life everlasting in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We pray that you would give to us your spirit that we might see and that we might trust in your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in His holy name. Amen. The first way that we see the Lord providing for Elijah in the midst of the drought comes to us in verses 2 through 4. And what we see there is that the Lord provides for Elijah in a rather unusual way. Look down at verse 2. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. The word of the Lord comes to Elijah. 
He is called to leave his place of security. He is called to leave his place of comfort. And he is called to go into the wilderness, into the desert, and wait for birds to bring him food. This is a rather unusual arrangement for Elijah. I'm sure that Elijah, knowing that the Lord was not going to bring rain upon the earth for three years, had began to make provision. Maybe he was stocking up food and water. He would have wanted to make sure that he had some food insurance in the midst of this drought. And there's nothing wrong with planning for future hardships. The Lord revealed to Joseph that a famine would hit the land of Egypt. And so Joseph stored food and saved many lives. We too may look to an uncertain future and make sure that we have enough saved up, save money or store food. Two weeks ago, they predicted that we would have this massive snowstorm. So as a family, we got ready, right? I had the kids help chop and stack firewood in case we were without heat for a few days. I got the generator out of the basement and got a few extra gallons of gas. We made sure that we had flashlights and easy to prepare food. That is the usual way that provision comes to us through prudence, forward thinking and saving. However... The word of the Lord came to Elijah and directed him to leave aside his resources and to trust in the Lord's promise to provide for him. To summarize the command of the Lord, I know that you have grain stored up, you have a well filled with water, but Elijah, in the midst of this drought, I'm going to take you away from what you know to go into the heart of the desert so that you can trust me more. We read in verses 5 through 6, Elijah's response. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Elijah did according to the word of the Lord. And the Lord provided for him in the most unusual manner through birds. Now, ravens are not kosher birds. They're dirty birds. They're scavengers, which means they essentially eat roadkill. And the command that the Lord gave to Elijah was unusual because it meant that Elijah would be provided for through the mouth of an unclean, unholy bird. I don't even want to imagine what these ravens brought Elijah to eat. Right? Don't think about it. Just cook it real thoroughly with lots of hot sauce and you're going to be okay. But how un, however unusual it was, the Lord did provide. You see, in the midst of hardship, the Lord's provision for you may come in the most unusual of ways. That does not mean that we shouldn't be prudent or that we shouldn't plan for the future. But the Lord may choose to provide for you in an unusual way so that you will trust Him more. He may be stretching you and calling you to leave aside all the conventional wisdom of provision and of saving and to follow Him in an unknown place and path. So often we want the Lord only to send us where we are comfortable, where we are familiar, where our plans can keep us safe. But when you give yourself over to follow the Lord, He will take you to places and provide for you in ways that are rather unusual. Why? 
so that you will trust in his word and not in your provision so that you will know without a doubt that it is the Lord who has provided and not your ingenuity or your planning. When April and I graduated from college, we both took an unpaid internship at a college ministry. And this meant that we had to raise support, which is asking friends and family members to financially support us. It also meant that we had to live rather meagerly for two college graduates. Now, one of the things that we needed for our college ministry that we couldn't afford was an extra couch in our living room. Part of our calling was leading small groups and we needed a place for people to sit down when they came to our apartment. And so April, being prudent, said, hey, David, we need a new couch. And I said, we can't afford one. And so she said, all right, well, let's pray for a couch. Praying for a couch is not the usual way to obtain a couch. Usually you save up and you go to Ikea and you buy one. But wouldn't you know it, within a week, we had been given four different couches. We had so many couches that we had to start giving couches to other people. We became a couch clearing house in Athens, Georgia. The Lord just kept on bringing them that we had to give them away. It was a little unusual. I would have preferred cash so that I could have picked out the couch that I wanted. But the Lord provided in the most unusual of ways so that we would trust him in this time of our need. You see, the Lord provides in unusual ways so that we'll trust his word more. And as we continue to read, we see that the Lord also provides in unlikely ways. You see, after a while, the drought became so severe that even Elijah's brook dries up. And so he has to move on from the rather strange arrangement of birds bringing him food to a rather unlikely arrangement of a widow providing for his needs. When economic collapse occurs, it's those who are on the edge of society that suffer the most. And in 870 B.C., the edge of society was littered with widows. For a widow had very few options for making a living. And whatever arrangements this widow we come across in 1 Kings 17 had, it fell through once the drought and subsequent famine hit. Yet this woman is who the Lord chooses to provide for Elijah. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Now there are two aspects to this command that would draw Elijah's attention and doubt, maybe. The first we've already mentioned, the Lord is sending Elijah to a widow. It would be as if the Lord said, hey, I know times are tough, so I'm going to send you down to Mexico City where there's some homeless children that are going to take care of you. Unlikely. But the second and maybe more alarming aspect of this command is where the Lord is sending Elijah. To Sidon. If you remember... This is where all this ball worship nonsense began. 
Jezebel was a Sidonian. She had brought false religion of the Sidonians with her to Israel. And because of this false religion, the Lord had sent a drought to the land. Why then would the Lord send Elijah to the Sidonian widow? Well, first he chooses to feed him through unclean birds. Now he is choosing to feed him through an unclean, ball-worshipping Sidonian widow. It doesn't make sense. Yet Elijah trusts the word of the Lord. And in the midst of the most unlikely of situations the Lord provides, Elijah obeys the word of the Lord. He finds this widow and asks her to provide for him a little water and a small meal. However, as we read, she is in no place to provide for him. For she is at the very end of her means. She's preparing to make the final meal for her and her son. Why does the Lord choose to place his people in these situations where they have to rely on such unlikely provision? Why send Elijah to a starving widow? Well, again, it's so that he will trust in the Lord even more. The Lord works to assure that you know that all you have is a gift from Him. He does not desire His people to feel sufficient on their own. He wants us to know that whatever we have, everything from our daily bread to our heavenly inheritance in Christ is a gift of His grace and not a result of our work. And it's in the midst of hardship that He takes His people so that they will see their weakness and see His strength. For growth and maturity and faith never comes through the Lord giving you everything that you want in the ways that you expect to receive it. Growth and maturity, the fruit of the Spirit, are not born out of ease and luxury. They are born out of hardship and suffering combined with trust in the Word of the Lord. When you're provided for in unusual and in unlikely ways, you come to know that it is the Lord who provides. And your trust in His grace and provision grows. So how does the Lord bring about provision in this most hopeless of situations? We'll look at verses 13 and following. It says, And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. The provision of the Lord comes in unusual ways. The Lord's provision comes in unlikely ways and the Lord's provision comes in unending ways. For the word of the Lord comes through Elijah to a pagan. If she will trust in the word of the Lord, the Lord will bring unending provision And see her through this drought. As a minister, I must trust in the Lord's provision for my family. It's literally through your tithes and offerings that I receive my daily bread. And while I can look to the past and see the Lord's provision, I often unfaithfully look to the future and fear that there won't be enough. 
With so many people out because of COVID or because of the weather, there's going to be a massive dip in giving. And then what will I do? With rising inflation, my salary won't be able to cover what it used to cover. With so many needs, how will I ever be able to save for the future, for college, for weddings, for retirement? Why do I have so many kids? But the Lord provides, not just for a day. He does not call anyone to a task. He will not also supply the need. The Lord does not just provide for those who are called into full-time ministry, but all of those who look to the Lord in faith and are called to the tasks that are before them. The Lord will provide for you in unending ways. And each day the widow had to trust the promise of God's word. She had to believe that the jar would never be empty and that the oil would never run dry. And so too must we wake each morning with faith that our prayer for daily bread will be answered. I must admit that I would prefer to pray, give us this day our yearly bread. Or even give us this day our lifetime of bread. Because then I could control it. Then I could hold on to it and know that I would be provided for. Yet the Lord provides for us in unending ways so that we must trust Him each and every day. The Lord could have given the widow all the flour and all the oil she needed for the whole drought. But He chose to provide each day so that she would have to trust His Word continually. And this is what we read in verses 15 and 16. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Often when we come to a place of need, we want the Lord to bring instant deliverance. And while the Lord may provide in such an instantaneous way, we, He often chooses to provide for our needs daily so that we grow to trust His Word more and more. While I was attending seminary, every year April and I would make out our annual budget. And for the four years of seminary, the ends wouldn't meet on paper. The cost of seminary and living in Charlotte was more than we could afford. April taught in a private Christian school, which paid very little. I worked as a janitor in the evenings and in a bookstore and did other unpaid internships in the church. And then we had Amelia and our expenses went up and April's ability to earn went down. And yet we knew that the Lord had called us to this place. And so each day we trusted and worked and prayed. We cut coupons and cut costs. We turned the thermostat down in the winter and up in the summer. We found many ways to prepare rice and beans. And in unusual and in unlikely and in unending ways, the Lord provided. And we made it through. And in your life, There are times when the path you are called to follow will not make sense on paper. It might not just be financially. It might be 
according to the time that you have available to you or the resources that you have before you. And you think, Lord, there's no way that I can follow the path that you are calling me to. It's an act of faith to believe that the Lord will provide day in and day out. But the word of God is unfailing. And if you trust him and if you follow him, no matter where he calls you, he will provide for your needs in unending ways. And yet, as we come to the end of our passage, we still must deal with the fact that in Israel, there were many who were not being provided miracle bird food. They were not being provided miracle flour or miracle oil. They were suffering alongside those who had gone to Baal. And the question that we have to ask is, Lord, how do we trust you when we suffer alongside the wicked? So what is the point of the miracles that are before us? Why was Elijah sustained when others weren't? Well, the point of the miracle is to bolster our faith in the word of God. For though the Lord does not always provide for us miraculous food day in and day out, the Lord has provided for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the truth that we have to hold on to in the midst of the storm. In the most desperate of situations, we must hold on to the Word of the Lord. For for though there is no promise that Christians will not suffer hardship with the rest of the world, there is a promise that His Word will never fail. There is the promise that He will move to assure His promises will come to pass. The hope that we have as God's people is not that when everyone else is thirsty and hungry that we will be filled and satisfied. Rather, the hope that we have is that the Word of God will be preserved and that His promises will come to pass. For Jesus teaches us, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Our life and our hope is not that the Lord will always sustain the crops, but that He will always uphold His Word. The provision that the Lord brings to His people is not always bread. Sometimes it is the bread of life. And while the people of the Lord suffer with the rest of the world, they do not suffer like the rest of the world. For we have the promises of God's Word. Though there is suffering here, there will be relief. Though there is hardship now, the word of the Lord will be upheld and His promises will come to pass. We know those who hunger now will be satisfied. And this hunger now will cause those to follow the Lord, to lean into Him more. For Christ Jesus has come as the word of the Lord incarnate. The word of the Lord in flesh to be our provision. God the Father sent His Son Jesus to be the bread that sustains and the water that never runs dry. For there are Christians who have died from lack of bread. But never has there been a Christian who has been abandoned in death. For though Christians suffer with the rest of the world, and though Christians die with the rest of the world, yet because Christ has died, And because Christ has risen, and because He has rescued His people from death, we suffer and die like no other. 
For when we must suffer, we suffer with hope that the Lord will ultimately provide what we need, life and life everlasting. You see, we will hunger now, but we will be satisfied by our Savior. For in offering His life, Jesus has given to us the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. The ultimate provision that we need. The prophet Habakkuk understood this principle well when he wrote, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. You see, the Lord does not always choose to provide in the same way. But whether we have birds bringing us food or not, we can rejoice because the Lord has provided us with a fountain of living water, life everlasting in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we come to you now as a people who are sojourners in this world and continue, Lord, in the hardship and suffering that is commonplace in this world. And so we pray, O Lord, that you would provide for us, that you would provide for us our daily bread. And even more than that, that you would provide for us through your Son, Jesus Christ, That in Him we might have the fountain of living water welling up inside that will never go dry. That in Him we might have the bread that comes down from heaven that feeds our souls unto eternity. That though this body wastes away, yet we have life everlasting in Christ. It's in His name that we do pray. Amen.